podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome back. Sorry for the short break, but we back. We outside. You are listening to the Disunomics podcast. I hope you've had a good week so far. Um, as I'm recording this, this is Wednesday, the 9th of November, the day before or the night before. I'm not sure it's the correct terminology. There was the US midterm elections, which is the halfway point where there's some seats up for grabs in the Senate, the House of Representatives. So I'm going to have a look at that and I'm going to give you the gist on the weekend pod but yeah we're gonna get cracking with some uk politics for the midweek pod we've been very politics heavy recently well to be fair we did speak austerity in the last pod which is politics and economics but yeah man i guess it is weird. so we're gonna be talking on a conservative clown show the never-ending clown show right and that is gavin williamson who was a member of Rishi Sunak's newly formed cabinet, which has been about for like a couple of weeks. And he's the first casualty as he has resigned. Yeah, we're gonna get into who he is, why he, what he did, why he resigned, why was he there in the first place? Does he have any value? And we're also gonna talk on Cruella, sorry, Surella Braverman and her being on the ropes and she probably, not probably, she definitely should have resigned before my man, but we'll get into that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, if you're listening to this, please, if you're on Spotify or Apple, I'm not sure if Apple do it, but, but I use Spotify, so they do it. Click the notification bell. So when my podcast drops, you don't have to search for it. You might forget, oh, do you know what I mean? Like it just comes to your phone. Oh, boom, okay. Did you know message dropped the podcast? Okay, cool. I'll check that later or I'll check that now. Do you know what I mean? Make sure you do that. And of course, five flipping stars on the reviews and yeah make sure you listen to touchdown frackers if you mess with football you want to get into it t and touchdowns if you're on the american football vibe i'm a big american football fan and of course shot and chaser every weekday a new episode six to eight minutes on a quick fire short topic i host on money thursdays this is of course a spotify exclusive so you people on spotify make sure you're following shot and chase and of course click the notification bell now enough of all that self promo and promo for the gang we're going to get a bracken into this week's podcast the never-ending conservative clown show this week's edition Hi, it's MXM, and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. Yo, what's going on, beautiful people? We are, of course, talking politics this week. And yes, these men are just so clown-like, right? So let's set the table. New Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, right? He won the impromptu leadership contest, which lasted like a few days. I think it was announced on a Friday. New leader was, um, then a new leader was determined on a Monday, was it? Did she announce on a Friday? Anyway, yes. So Rishi Sunak got all the uh, endorsements from Conservative Party. Boris claimed he had 102 names, but he just knew, he said he couldn't win in government because everybody else was out to get him. Penny Morden tried to rally the troops. She just didn't have enough juice. And a couple other men tried to get involved. Of course, they didn't have enough juice. And eventually, Rishi Sunak won the reins. 
Oh, he announced his cabinet and there were some eye raising members in the cabinet, notably Gavin Williamson, notably Suella Braverman. And people were thinking, hmm, what deal did you really strike? Just you, because there's no, they're thinking, why would you put her in like? She literally got sacked the other day. Do you know what I mean? Gavin Williamson, nobody likes him. None of the Tories like him. Do you know what I mean? And lo and behold, these two individuals have caused Rishi a lot of stress. Um, his first Prime Minister questions, of course, he had to deal with the initial wave of Suella Braverman and stuff. And he, Kestama was on form, but so was Rishi. Like, he, he handled it well. The other two weeks, he's been getting absolutely pummeled. And that's simply because the ammunition is too much. Kestama just out here, just was dropping freeze on his head, especially today. He was getting blamed on behalf of Gavin Williamson and being called a weak prime minister. We're going to get into that right now. So, firstly, who is Gavin Williamson? Well, Sir Gavin Williamson, is he's actually been knighted. Uh, he has been a minister. Well, he was a minister of state without portfolio from the 25th of November to the 8th of November. And he's been a, a key member in the Conservative Party for a prolonged period of time, right? So he first assumed office in May 2010. And that's when, of course, David Cameron defeated Gordon Brown to end a good, what, 13 years of Labour government to bring in the Tory government. Um, he's the MP of South Staffordshire. And he's been quite a big hit on the Conservative Party for a prolonged period of time. He was um, the Educational sec Secretary and he was another, what was his other job? Oh, sorry, it's here somewhere, it's here somewhere. Let me go find it. He's had, he's had big jobs. He was Educational Secretary. Uh, what else was he? Uh, oh, Defence Secretary, that was it. And he was also the Chief Whip. So he's had big jobs. Big, 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 big jobs, right? So what's interesting about fact, let's, before we get into why he was there, let's get into what my man done. You get me? He got bagged for abusive texts to the ex-chief, um, um, abusive texts um, regarding not being invited to the Queen's funeral. He was accused of intimidating and bullying-like behaviour when he was a minister. Um, here's the text. Um, here's Gavin. Think very poor of how PCs who aren't favoured have been excluded from the funeral. Very poor and sends a very clear message. That's not the case, Gavin. Well, certainly looks it, which think... Which think is which think is very shit and perception becomes reality. Sorry, I couldn't even read his English. Also, don't forget I know about how this works, so don't puss me about. As I said above, Gavin, that's simply not the case. The number of places allocated was extremely limited. It's very clear how you're going to going to treat a, a number of us, which is very stupid, and you're showing fuck all interest in pulling things together. Don't bother asking anything from me. The person responds, this shows exactly how you've rigged it. Rigged it, rigged it is. Disgusting. You are using her death to punish people who are supportive. Absolutely disgusting. Gavin, again, this is not the case however. Well, let's see how many more times you fuck us all over. There's a price for everything. 
then it goes on. October 17. Morning, Gavin. I hear from your whip you are probably not versing this evening. Is there a problem? We're on a three-line whip. Thanks. His response. Thank you for your patronizing condescending tone. You're welcome to come and see me explain. Best way. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't kill me. Oh, I can't lie. I kind of respect that. <laughs> you do know you can speak to people. You do know you can speak to people in your job that don't, that you don't just text them. There's absolutely no need for you to take this tone, Gavin. I'm trying to help. He goes, how are you? The person goes, I'm fine. No, how are you helping? But very glad you're fine. Look at my voting record. Step back and think who you are dealing with. Think, think how you're dealing with people and then maybe talk to people. I am currently with my poorly dog and the vets. So I'll give you some time to reflect on how you're dealing with and treating people. The press responds, I need no lecture from you, Gavin. When I ask you a civil question, I'll call you later. You called it or not? I just tried, just returned your call. Yeah? So... It was looking spooky, do you know what I mean? Like, you're basically saying, because you couldn't pattern up a joint for me at the Queen's funeral, don't worry, I got something loaded for you. It's just not a good look whatsoever. Because people can't pull favours, you're going to pan them? It's not, it's not looking good, Rev. So his position was untenable. It was. Um, Rishi Sunak says that he is absolutely right, Gavin Williams... Gavin Williamson resigned and he um, thinks it was the right thing to do. And I know, and he regrets um, uh, putting him there in the first place. So let's talk about that. Why was somebody who is notably divisive in there in the first place? Did he, did he have to put him in a, as a member of his cabinet? Was, did he have so much sway in the Conservative Party that, do you know what I mean? If he's not, he's not with you, it's long? Well, it doesn't seem that way. And even him leaving wasn't just the distasteful messages because other people have kind of, do you know what I mean, got around that. We saw in the previous government, Home Secretary Priti Patel settled for a bullying case. And boy, she was still about, you know what I'm saying? What it seems like is that, and according to some, to a lot of political analysts, that he just had too many ops. Number 10 was coming like Opiana. <laughs> number 10 was the op block. Too many ops in number 10. He had too many enemies to cope. And it was just, and deciding now was ripe for settling scores. They're like, yep, time to pam him. It's very interesting because this is, of course, his third time with a major job in government. And everybody knows that he's not a liked person. He had a, a divisive tenure as chief whip, as Sky News described. He wasn't very good as a, sec a defense secretary. Educational secretary, it was, a, it was a shit show. Bro, man ain't, man ain't effing of him. What's interesting is that people did warn Rishi. But as with previous prime ministers, except uh, Liz Truss, despite how unpopular he is, there is value to having Gavin Williamson in your corner. Allegedly, um, Mr. Sunak believed that 
Yeah, do you know what I mean? Your approval rating is in the mud, but with your political expertise and methods, it's valuable to keep you close rather than on the up block. Do you know what I'm saying? Unlike, as I said, unlike um, Suella the Braverman, who has like a big faction of support from the Brexit, the Brexiting Brexiters, he doesn't really have that kind of core fan base. He doesn't really have that many friends. Like, and he's definitely not like a big boss of a group of people, do you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like by appointing my man, by appointing um, Sir Gavin, he was getting a factional support from a particular group in the Conservative Party. As I said many times, he's very unliked. He has the same value to everybody. He is useful. He is good at trying to trying to basically get people to march and get in line to what the prime minister says. He gets man pattern. That's why man was there. He 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 takes the do you know what I mean the slimy gutter roll the Draymond Green roll if you like, and he does it well. So that's the reason why my man was in the mix and it proved to be costly. Do you know what I'm saying? And now he's out of it. Very damaging for the Conservative Party, very damaging for Rishi Sunak's premiership. And as um, Mr. Keir Starmer said today, it makes him look weak, like, raw. why do you appoint him? I don't think the Gaffer Williamson appointment makes Rishi look weak. I think he also... It was relatively smart in the circumstances. Okay, cool. I've come in. I know Liz Trust and Boris Johnson's faction and some of the Brexit, um, they might not really want me. So I'm going to need some, I'm going to need some heavy hitters on my side. You get it? From that perspective, yes. Senator. So well, a brother, on the other hand, I think is different. I think Rishi, in my opinion, kind of, do you know what I mean? A wink, wink deal that, yeah, I need to get her involved because a good proportion of the right to the party, do you know what I mean? The F of her, the last of her and Kemi Badenoch, so on and so forth. I need the support because Rishi knew, in my opinion, that yes, although the majority of the MPs, the Tory MPs see you as the smartest, the brightest, the most competent, you won the leadership contest in terms of the MPs. But when it came to the Tory members, you got bland by Liz fucking trust. So there's probably the fear that if it goes to a public vote, because it's like, okay, cool, we need you need to get over at least 100 nominations. If I buck Boris again, or Penny Mordant, I'll probably lose. And let's, be, let's, let's have it right. Rishi Sunak is a rich, successful South Asian man. I just can't see him beating. Do you know what I mean? I can't see him beating them, man. I'm just going to keep it a foul while of y'all. So that's why I believe he showed weakness in, do you know what I mean? Getting Suella Bravman in, who got sat like a week before that or two weeks before that. Anyway, let's get into the Suella Bravman thing. Actually, no, no, no. Let me touch on some more. William Gavin Williamson stuff. So I was reading this, um, I think it was in The Guardian or somewhere. Um, 
and I kind of remember this, um, he's been accused of threatening behaviour by former deputy chief. Um, so Anne Milton, former deputy chief whip, um, who used to work closely with Sir Gavin Williamson, said that when he was chief whip, he used leverage and threats to control MPs and there's still a culture of fear in Westminster. Remember, that's why Rishi wanted him. That's why David Cameron had him. That's why Theresa May had him. Right? Um, and this is her quote. I do remember him asking me to give the MP in question the check. And he waved it under my nose and said, make sure when you give him this check, he knows I now own him. And this is in reference to offering financial assistance to an MP. She said that she doesn't think it's a joke. It was a series in which he said it. And I think the bottom line is, if instances um, accord with your overall experience with somebody, then you believe them. She said that she gave us a check, but she didn't give her along his message. She also claims he behaved in an unethical and immoral and shocking manner during his time as whip. She also describes his behaviour as threatening and intimidating. And this is the best quote. It, it, it's an image he cultivates. I think he feels he's the France's Urquhart of House of Cards. And I was like, wait, isn't it? Um, Francis Underwood then I remembered that's the American version of House of Cards so this House of Cards I'm going to watch so I can get this comment a bit more but yeah boy that's why that, that was his value and it led to his demise it is what it is anyway moving on to Corella Braverman so what's the clown show so she was foreign no home secretary under Liz Truss right um, former lawyer very hard right, very tough on immigration. Inhumane, in my opinion. She got sacked as Home Secretary under Liz Truss because of a security breach that broke the ministerial code that was sending, um, like, do you know what I mean? High level, high level documentation emails to officials from her personal email, not from the correct her government work email and what has got her ass cooked recently is what was happening in Manston Kent Manston Kent is like an airfield and it holds a a um, center for is an immigration center for asylum seekers right what happened in Manston is that we saw that there were 4,000 asylum seekers there waiting to be processed when that center is meant to only hold 1600 so more than double the amount of people was meant to be there were there this led to serious outcries from both parties obviously labor were tapped dancing on the head but even members of the conservative party were highly disgusted nonetheless sir roger gale mp of that area and he criticized her heavily he said what's happened there is inhumane when you, when you look at the Manston um, Immigration Centre, people who arrive at that centre should be there for no longer than 24 hours. In some cases, some people have been held there for up to a month. The conditions there are terrible. Very, very terrible. Diseases such as MRSA and diphtheria have been flying around. There's been outbreaks of violence there. There's talks of risk of fire, staff on trains. 
and people are extra angry because she allegedly blocked transfers from people there in that asylum seekers in that um, immigration center to hotels and quite quite a lot of like these hard right conservative pol pol policy they don't want man in hotels and that they're so against that they want to send people back to wherever they came from they don't give a heck she claims and they're also and they also claims that she ignored legal advice even even the hotel rwanda thing not hotel right sorry the rwanda scheme many people said even the conservative side said this is against um against international law so it seems that like these men don't give a heck she claims that it's, it's false that she ignored legal advice that the government was illegally detaining people and she says as a former lawyer herself that's absurd to say blah 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 she says that she's looking for alternatives and she said that it's quite it's nearly impossible to find the amount of beds in such short notice rishi's got to deal with this this is a sticking point for Labour. So they're going to attack him on being rich, non-dom status, Gavin Williamson, Suella Braverman, cost of living crisis. Now, I know it's politics and this is the game you have to play, but how valid do I think these claims? Cost of living crisis is capped. We all know, okay, this number of listeners know cost of living crisis is macroeconomic issues, exogenous Exogenous factors. That means variables beyond our control, outside control. War in Ukraine, supply chain issues in China, energy prices, inflation. Bro, that's not at the that's not at the root cause of government policy. So it's, it's not his fault. Swallow Braverman, hundred percent his fault. And Rishi's immigration policies are not too this far dissimilar to Swallow Braverman. That's a fact. My personally, I don't even. I'm not even sure if Rishi even even believe, thinks like that. I just think he's doing. I think he's one of them people that are slick, doing what needs to be done to get a W. Do, do you know like that? Another. Ta I don't. I. I'm not here for the non-dumb status thing. I don't care. First of all, he's not a billionaire. His wife's dad is a billionaire. His wife owns, I think it's 1% of her dad's company, which works out to about 700 odd million pounds. So of course, as a household, they may be getting close to a billion, but we, when do we ever speak on an individual and say their wealth and the majority of that wealth number from their partner? We don't do that. It's ridiculous. Non-dom non status. I've spoken this before on my podcast. It it came from colonial times when people owned property in and people owned property and stuff in India as well as the UK. And like basically, why am I paying taxes in India and also paying taxes? In, it doesn't make sense. Why should somebody who has a business in another country pay tax for pay tax on their business in that country and then again come and pay tax again in another country it doesn't make sense it's dumb so non-domicile status makes perfect sense to me i'm sorry i don't care that one is cap the other stuff they're spitting keep cooking anyway that's it for me on this week's midweek podcast any questions about the US election, please hit me up and I'll answer them on the weekend. And until then, peace and blessings. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.